and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. Meow. I am your host, Hemahe Mooley Jr. Joining me as always, my co-host on the ones and twos, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zachary Q. Hicken. Yeah, I uh, spilled a little poutine on the uh, on the board today, so I think we might be in trouble, but we have someone here who uh, can get me out of that trouble. We have a special guest today. Um, he is the Lord Commander to our Night's Watch, the skipper to our starting 11. It is Nate, no diggity, no dowdle. He's our boss, by the way. Can I tell you how much I love that intro music? <laughs> it's Every it's single sexy. time. Oh, it yeah. is it, deep. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's like uh, Slow Jam Sundays. Oh, yeah. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's oh. like we're we're pumping the R&B. We're getting that feeling going. Like, if anyone out there, I'm assuming that we have a very large male audience. Not that you're large males, but... <laughs> It's a mainly male. Is that audience. a fat joke? I'm right here. Well, I'm right here too, Nate. So I can make the joke. Um, to all our large males out there. <laughs> to all our large males out there, shout out to you. You're listening to Sports Beat After Hours. You, you really no, hooked I, uh, them in with that poutine. I think joke that we beginning. can. Uh, <laughs> it's an appeal to their wives, to their significant others, their right. girlfriends, fiancés, whatever it may be. With that music, because they're like, oh, okay, we're driving around, we're listening to this music, all right, and then our sultry tones over the airwaves of whatever podcast platform that you're listening to hooks them in, deadline and sinker, and we are just making everybody's weekends. Yeah. Making it real good. Yeah. So uh, let's get started. It's, we're kind of in a sports lull right now. Um, n- like... I mean, obviously the NBA playoffs are ter- are wrapping up. You're not excited Western, about. We got Western Conference Finals. Yeah, Damian Lillard's like playing tonight. The yeah, uh, Dame Dalla is playing Dame tonight. Dalla sign. Um, whoever, what other ex Jasmine do we have playing? Rodney Hood. I mean, Damon's not a jazz man, but he has he has ties. He's got ties. He's a Weaver State yeah. guy. Rodney uh, Hood. Rodney Hood. Ennis Cantor. Mm. Um, the infamous. The Ennis infamous Cantor. Ennis Cantor. You know what Edenus rhymes with, right? <laughs> uh george Venus. hill george hill the uh eastern conference side uh-huh. um and then uh jonas jerebko ah, yes. the uh what do they infamous call jonas jerebko uh someone called him like the uh the swedish larry bird or something. yeah like it was swedish it was bird. bill simmons was it bill simmons yeah uh hilarious um well it's like the one thing I remember him even doing this season, I don't even know if he's played since then, but he hit the game winner against Ugh. the Jazz. Yeah. The first game back in Salt Lake after he was let go by the team. He was the one casualty from right. last season's shakeups and- postseason moves. And um, I don't know. I like Grayson Allen better than Jonas on this team. <laughs> Is that an un- unpopular opinion? I uh, like Grayson Allen. I don't know. It's a hot take. It's Jonas Grayson Allen scored Grayson 40 Allen. points, okay? <laughs> right. Um, albeit against a D League team, but yeah, um, you know, so no jazz in the NBA, but you know, where we lack in sports, we make up for in thrilling television, which we're going to get to later. Absolutely, um, it, thrilling is an overcharacterization; it's a mischaracterization. Emma, <laughs> we are recording this podcast we're on a Thursday because we are so upset Sunday night about quote unquote thrilling television. Oh my gosh. We needed a week to decompress. Well, and we Game also needed Thrones Nate episode. to come in here and like, decompress true. it because he puts it so eloquently in a way that I had when I was talking to him yesterday about this off the air. I'm excited to hear what he has to say because Me his too. rant yesterday was epic. <laughs> and I agree with every single point that he made. I can't wait. It's going to be great. We're going to we're going to hold off for a second, though. Um, we got we had other thrilling. Thriller in the Rockies. Thriller. Rumble in the Rockies. Uh, yeah. Real Salt Lake gets it done against the Colorado Rapids in or the Rocky Rapids, Cup. as they're <laughs> yes. known locally. The Sea Rapids. Uh, the uh, what a match! I mean, that was it had one everything. Of, like the funnest soccer matches I've ever seen. I mean, what Nate? What, give us your take. What was your f- the most thrilling part of this match for you, dude? It had everything. I mean, after I don't know if you guys saw my awesome. 
great tweet I afterwards. Just, I could imagine you just in a puddle of sweat watching. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah just... like so for for the sake of transparency, I'm a fan, right? Yeah, the two of you know that. So my take after that entire week of soccer, after Liverpool, Liverpool comes back sure. from three nil, after uh, Tottenham comes back Tottenham. from three nil, and after a Rocky Mountain Cup that had absolutely everything. I literally wanted to get an apartment with soccer and settle down. <laughs> yeah, literally, it was so such a quote. such a great, great soccer week. That Rocky Mountain Cup man was epic. How many times are we going to go to VAR and it break right. breaks RSL's way? Yeah, every Never single had. time. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, it, to say I was in a puddle of sweat. You want to talk about mischaracterizations? <laughs> that is a mischaracterization. <laughs> I was completely livid. At every single thing that was happening. That's hilarious. I needed yeah. a, the, personally. The, I needed a cigarette, the, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just a long drag. I I could not pick it. If you ask me to pick out one moment, uh-huh. screw you. I'm not picking out one moment. There is no way I'm doing that. Okay. Are so, you a green or a blue menthol guy? By the way, <laughs> green. You know okay. my you know oh, my yeah. brand. Yeah. Um, story for later. Uh, but uh, yeah. So okay, if you had to pick one, what was your top moment? Uh, Putna saving the PK. Okay, that's what I thought. That was amazing. Amazing. Um, I actually kind of differ though, and that's maybe I have bad soccer takes. Maybe this is a hot soccer take. Oh, here goes the Canadian. Maybe Nate will disagree with. I don't know. I don't even have great hockey takes, so <laughs> I'm just gonna go with this. Okay. Uh, I I love what Sam Johnson's added to Real Salt Lake yeah. and what the, what he's added Absolutely. to this club since being called up, and he was the one who broke the tie up. Yeah. Um, late in the game in the 53rd minute. Returns it to Krylak, gets it across the six-yard box, real chance here for Johnson, into the roof of the net, and RSL are back in front, and Sam Johnson with his fourth goal in five games. It's beautiful. I I mean, so that was your favorite moment. That was my favorite moment. That was your favorite moment. I mean, it was great service, it was a great finish. He got a lucky bounce off of um, off of Abubakar's undercarriage, but <laughs> Abubakar got an unlucky bounce. <laughs> so if you catch my drift. <laughs> Other than that, though, I mean, it was a fine moment. It was a, it was good, but at two two, and Kai Kamara steps to the spot to give Colorado a lead and completely take over momentum. Yeah, and Putnam to come up with that save. I mean, a, a completely terribly taken PK by Kai Kamara. Right, sure. but. You'll take it. I'll take that moment over your Sam Johnson moment. And that's not to diminish Sam Johnson. Sure. Like, I've already fallen in love with him and want to bear his children. So, yeah. if, <laughs> if Sam, shout out to Sam Johnson. If, if, that's how I feel about Donovan Mitchell and formerly felt about Ricky Rubio before today. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so no, no knock to Sam Johnson. Sure. I love what the guy brings. But for that one moment, yeah. give me Andrew Putnam. I mean, you, you argue, I mean... It's 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 clear that without both of those moments, RSL would not have walked away with the win. Um, they most, I mean, after the before the PK, I was like, I don't know, like we're gonna lose to an awful Rapids team, and RSL has already had a um, somewhat of a rough season so far. But both those <laughs> moments, five DC United. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but both both moments definitely. Uh, paid off for us for sure. So yeah, I don't. I couldn't pick one. I like the save. Very well. I, I, I think the save was epic. I mean, just being able to lay it all out and then mm. get, contorting your body to just make to the come play back for that. Ball. Yeah, yeah. Is, is fantastic. It's amazing. But the reason, um, and maybe you could argue, and maybe that's what Nate. Um, maybe Nate would say this, that 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 save gave Sam Johnson the momentum to go and s- score the goal. Yeah, but RSL had a chance to like roll over. Um, they had lost two in a row, uh, coming off a tough tough loss against Portland. They needed this win. Yeah. Um, and it looked like they were cruising to a win. They go out. They go all up two zero. Yes. And then all the momentum goes back to Colorado. It's in Colorado. Um from our new sports anchor who just came from Colorado. It sounds like there's not, it's not a great atmosphere. Well, there look at, just look at the crowd. There are dozen of fans. were just just (laughs) an incredible crowd. (laughs) Good grief. Um, but uh, Denver fans had a tough weekend. Okay. Let's, okay. Pour one out for Denver fans. You're right. We'll pour one out for Denver fans, (laughs) but 
Um, maybe we shouldn't just keep harping on him. But my my whole point that I'm trying to make was with Sam Johnson, it gave them some, uh, it gave them a little bit of uh, breathing room, some cushion to kind of get the momentum back and then finish out the match clean. Um, and they even had at the end of the game in uh, in overtime in bonus time. They had that offsides that could have been an equalizer, and they walk away with one point instead of three points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, Nate. Like very rarely do we go to VR and it swings ourselves away. So no, whatever not, soccer gods there are, and not just once, but three times. Yeah, it's we we definitely uh, we definitely scored on that one. Like yes. we lucked out on that one. But you know, RSL soccer not the only good soccer happening in the state um, right now. Uh, just recently we had, uh, was it two A three A, um, boys soccer finals championships? Yes. Yeah. I was at two A, you were at three A. Um, uh, let's see, we had in two A, Leighton Christian won in three A, it was Judge Memorial, which mm-hmm. you had an epic comeback. Oh, amazing. They were down two O to Summit Academy and yeah. Judge comes back to win it three, was it three two was the final? Three two. Mm-hmm. And it was a good match, too. I mean, towards the end, everyone's tired, so they're flopping around, and it's like, oh, great, like, here we go. It literally got, like, booed off the field. I felt bad. <laughs> like, one kid's, like, literally limping off, and they got, like, a wheelie chair, and the fans from the other school are like, boo, but, boo. But, you know, it was like, it was, there were clean goals, really nice. Um, you know, I think Summit Academy, like, they had one go right between the keeper's legs, and then there was some top bin top-notch goals that that day um yeah really great i think this weekend we have some more we do we have uh i believe it's 5a coming up this weekend for soccer okay um we have 4a baseball um but yeah my game i just want to say a quick thing about it uh the two-way championship Leighton christian wins the one cool thing about this team is that every single player on the team is a foreign player. Yeah. Uh, so Leighton Christian is a private school, obviously up in Leighton. Um, but they have kids from uh, the Netherlands, Argentina, Brazil. Um, there are two other countries that I cannot remember where they were from. But they, I think they speak four different languages that are like their native language mm-hmm. plus English. So right. they have like five different languages that are spoken on this team. Um, That's crazy. And oh, they had a kid from uh, South Korea. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, and so they know some Korean as That's, well. Dude, and that team, I walked past them in the tunnel. Yeah. There's some big kids on that yeah. team, like tall. especially for a two way. Like they were really impressive. They they had a kid that <clears throat> that ripped a goal from like 30 yards out. That was just Jeez. amazing. Um, they played really good soccer. Their uh, their goalie, I believe he said that he was from Argentina, but had a phenomenal game. Um, yeah. Had some really nice saves. Uh, it was just it was fun to watch. Um, that, that team kind of that team kind of reminds me of like Wasatch Academy for like basketball. Yeah, that, like, yeah. They're from all over the place, and they're just these athletic freaks that just dominate whatever sport they're in. Yeah, the division they're in. And then we had the four A championship on Saturday. It was Desert Hills and Skyview. Um, and how about this? The freshman Tate Thurston from Skyview scoring his first goal of the season for a 1 0 win. It's the game yeah. winner. He just goes, I was in the right place at the right time. His post game interview was phenomenal because he was just, he was so caught up in the moment. He was, he had tears in his eyes. He yeah. was just so grateful that he was, because he had literally come into the match like two minutes before he scored wow. his goal. Wow. And so it was a smart call by the coach. To throw him in there, and then he, like he said, he was just in the right place, got a deflection, put it past the Desert Hills keeper, and I think that was the first time that Desert Hills had been shut out in the entire 4A tournament. Wow. And so, a great all-around team match for Skyview, and yeah, Tate Thurston, the freshman, like Spencer Linton said on Saturday, party at Tate's house, party because they're going to be partying up in Smithfield. Yeah. And so, that was... Uh, how many cow tippings does that include? <laughs> oh, so many. Oh, my goodness. They're, uh, they're going to tip over His the cows. His dance card is going to be full. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Cash Valley people, don't tweet at yeah, me, okay? So. Don't, don't, I don't need your emails. I actually love you. Go Aggies. <laughs> Go Aggies. <laughs> Go Bobcats. Right. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we, we, we still have sports going on. Yeah, 5A, 6A is getting started. So the first round was on Tuesday. My alma mater won 6-0. Jeez. Yeah. Who did they Defending beat? Defending state champion Hunter. Wow. Yeah. They're uh they have a good team. 
Um, in fact, I was over at Pleasant Grove High School the other day. All three, they had softball, baseball, and soccer all going. Jeez. All three won by, like, wow. blowouts. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, oh, they shut them out. Is, uh, is Matt Van Komen playing keeper? No, they're, they have a... Um, they have a couple guys that are signing with uh, big schools, though. Um, cool. So shout out to those PG. kids. Yeah, shout out to Athletic PG. Factory over there. Um, yeah, we have 4A baseball coming up. I think the championship game is tomorrow? Saturday? Saturday. Yes, Saturday. Uh, 5A, 6A quarterfinals for soccer is tomorrow. So just the next couple of weeks are going to be very, very busy for us over yeah. at KSL Sports. Heavy uh, high school content and then... It's like almost right around the corner. We have like our first media day for BYU, Utah, Utah State are right around the corner, and then it's going to be football season before we know. Before it. you know, so so keep up uh, at kslsports.com um, for the latest on high school athletics and and all the preseason football that we're all dying to watch. So, but what we're really dying to talk about, yes, it's not football right now. Let's get. We into don't really this. care about football. Here it's we Game go. Game of Thrones. Okay. Okay. Um, we had. Uh, the penultimate episode um, of uh, of, of all t- like of all because the season ends or the series ends this season. Yes, um, we don't have to rehash the episode because if you know, you know, and we're not going to really. Let's not talk about what happened in the episode. Let's talk about what should have freaking happened. Well, let's talk about let's kind of recap the season as a whole. Okay, how Real it's quick. met our expectations because this is something that Nate's crap to crap. Crap, <laughs> crap, 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 crap. The best, the best tweet that we came up with probably this week is after this episode, um, we bought a package of those Game of Thrones Oreos, and we're like, Game of Thrones Oreos, pretty good, except uh, every the, fifth one's a bad the one. Fifth, <laughs> the fifth, yeah, the fifth Oreo was kind of disappointing, <laughs> or whatever. Um, that's how we feel about the fifth episode of. Uh, the season so yeah let's recap the season real quick obviously because so, it's nine years in the making i've been riding with game of thrones for nine years so yeah uh how long have you been riding with it zach oh uh, i watched i first started reading the books in 2013 i think it was a year before my wife and i got married okay and so i kind of slowly made my way through and then i read them again and um and then the TV show. And then, yeah, I got around to watching the, the show. Two and, months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, just absolutely disappointed with this final season and everything that's happened because all that's built up and, like, obviously, like, I feel like the books and the show have just gone, they're completely separate at this point. Oh, sure. Um, I I would hope that George R. R. Martin just either fed them bad info or just let them go off and do their own thing um, and he's going to finish it up in a different way or at least actually do some character development that has happened in the past with the TV show um, and is phenomenal in the books. Um, He's going to die. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to die. And, and we're going to be left with them. this ending. Yeah, with this garbage. <sighs> That's absolutely what's going to happen. Have you seen him? Yes, I've Dude's seen barely him. barely hanging on. Yeah. He is like Robert Baratheon. <laughs> Just whining and whoring his way to an early grave. Yeah, fun fact. He actually based Robert Baratheon on himself. himself. He's got a boar hunt scheduled later this week. Oh, no. Please, no. Um, But, um, yeah, just... Let's talk. Let's talk your favorite character arc. Maybe this will kind of for for the series as a whole. Or for the, the series season. as a whole, then you know, if we all choose a different person, then we can kind of cover a little bit about. Okay, let's have Nate go first. And okay. guest. Favorite character arc. Um, my favorite character up until about season seven. Okay, uh, was Tyrion Lannister. Um, Tyrion was a lot like me, small of hands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't Just, spit out your Mountain Dew. Don't spit please, tape Zach. all over the board. Come, come on. You're in charge of the board. Um, <laughs> Sorry. And by the way, if you ruin that board that comes out of my budget, please don't. <laughs> it was I, That just completely caught me off guard. <laughs> I was not expecting that. In all seriousness, guy that used his mind, completely unexpected to survive this long. Yeah. Arguably smartest, the smartest person. Smartest, yeah. smartest guy on the show. Um, and up until season, about midway through season seven, great. And then, you know, he, he aligns himself with Daenerys, comes over... Uh, has a bunch of bad decisions. Yeah. This is, it wasn't just like one. 
It was like one after another. It was a series yeah, of bad decisions. Again and again and again. They, I, I think his um, showing him on the sex boat at the end of uh, season seven, right. it was that they haven't done anything with that moment. Um, and, and then just what they've done with him in season eight is just tra- – it's not just tragic. It's just, just a crime. Yeah. I'm surprised with how many mistakes he's made that he's lived this long because, like um, – the the whole reason why everyone thinks Tyrion would wi- quote unquote win the Iron Throne was because he was the smartest person. He knew how to play the game. He was very careful and calculated. But season eight, he's just like playing loose with it. He's very much like I don't know. He needs to tighten up his handles. He needs to tighten up to those do. handles. Yeah. <laughs> he is like Rudy Gobert from midcourt. <laughs> just <clears throat> yeah, so it's 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 uh it was disappointing for sure. Um, can I have a one A? Yeah, is let's, that, let's, is, yeah, is that okay? Can I have a one A? The Hound is Ooh, okay. it, it, it has given me my favorite moments. Uh, the Chicken Rant, which is uh, which is <laughs> yeah, famous, uh, right in season yeah. four. Everybody loves the Chicken Rant. Um, his redemptive arc, coming back and uh, joining the Brotherhood without banners, and uh-huh. especially killing Lem Lemon Cloak, who they never called Lem Lemon Cloak in yeah. the in the show. Um, but book people, shout out to book people. You guys will know what that is. Yeah. And, um, and then just the way he goes out, right? For, yeah. So spoiler for episode like five, season eight. Uh, yeah. He, he goes out taking the mountain out in a ball yeah. of flame. I think that was the one redeeming moment story wise of that episode. It I was, mean, it was a great moment. I yeah. yeah uh, story wise. I think this, I, I talked to Nate about this. The cinematography was great. Yes. Beautiful. Um, the acting was phenomenal. Um, I thought just all the lighting and everything was just mm. fantastic. The chaos that was going on, but the story was yeah. just bad. And we'll and, get to that. And also, the best part of that, of Clegane Bowl, was actually before Clegane Bowl happens when Kyburn just gets oh, yeah. <laughs> just Just <laughs> wrecked. Well, like, I think we all audibly laughed yeah. like, really hard at that yeah. part. You will listen to your queen. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> I uh I the one thing I actually really liked about the Clay Clegane Bowl was um the hound just repeatedly stabbing him. Why won't you die? Yeah. Like, that was like something out of like Mo- uh like Monty Monty Python, oh, yeah. you know. Right. Um, it's a flesh wound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is a flesh wound. But but he's getting like a sword in his eye and and the mountain still is a lot, like moving yeah. wild. Um so for my favorite character arc, I'm going to choose two as well. Oh, okay. Um, I have a personal favorite, uh, kind of a secondary character, um, and he he gets more of his background in the books, but it's Anya Knight. Oh, I yeah. love. Okay. You're a Sir Davos Seaworth yeah, guy. I love yeah. Sir Davos. Huh. His his background that's given in the book is just amazing. It I is. Mean, he's he's literally like this guy that's come up from like nothing, and he um, becomes the the right hand um, aide to Stannis Baratheon. I think he's the hand. Is he Stannis's hand? He's Stannis's hand. Okay, so he's Stannis's hand, and then he's alongside Jon Snow, and he's like this guy that's so loyal. And um, for what you said with Tyrion just being this wise guy that can politic and understands how to play the Game of Thrones, Davos is a wonderful advisor to everyone that he was with. Um, he's he, the glue guy. Yeah, he's like the glue guy that kind of holds yeah. together like whatever team he's on. When he was with Stannis, he was the glue guy for House Baratheon. When he goes up to the Night's Watch and after Stannis dies, it's kind of the glue guy for Jon Snow. Right. Um, and we saw in that in in this final episode when um, the Unsullied just completely go crazy and start um, killing all the all the uh, uh, Lannister knights. Uh-huh. The one guy that Jon Snow can turn to and know that he can trust is yeah. Ser Davos, mm-hmm. and so. For me, I, I've loved his development, and part of that, again, is because of the books. Um, but I think, I hope that his story gets a payoff, because everything's been so hard for him so far between, in the books, I believe he loses his kids, kind of adopts Stannis' daughter. Yeah. Stannis' daughter gets sacrificed, and he's just broken, and I think he's kind of like a, a father figure to Jon Snow now. Absolutely. Um, and so I just... I hope he gets that payoff. Let me ask you something yeah. before you move to the next one. I didn't read the books, but do the books mention fermented crab? No, I don't remember I that. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Okay. I don't know. There's probably, what, like 50,000 words between all the books that <laughs> yeah, come they're... out? I can't remember two okay. of them. No, <laughs> so, think like War and Peace four times over. Okay. Yeah. So in the, 
don't know if you remember, but in the show, fermented crab is what when he takes Gendry um, for the f- the first time they go back to King's Landing. Yeah, the, fir- the first time you see Gendry use the hammer. Yes. Yeah. He's got the boat full of fermented crab, and he says, it'll poke a hole through your armor. <laughs> I'm just wondering if that's in the book, too. I don't remember that. Uh, no. Anyways, okay, keep going. Um, my second favorite character, and this is actually someone I hated early on, okay. is Sansa. Wow. Yeah, so oh, I'm, I, a to- okay. I'm a total non-Sansa guy. I cannot really? get on board with that. No. So let me tell you why. Okay, let's hear it. She basically, like... Um, and I'm saying this with the full understanding that I also dislike Theon for kind of the same reasons. Okay. Um, but Sansa like turned her back on her family. She was just very mm. weak and didn't really understand like how to play the game. She just kind of gave in to Joffrey and Joffrey treated her horribly. Um, like she was seriously a battered, abused woman. And then she, as things start to look better um she goes off with Littlefinger. he's like basically like grooming her and um kills uh her aunt so he can like marry her and then he goes and sells her to uh the boltons Boltons. and then she has to deal with like just gruesome horrible um abuse from ramsey bolton yeah but then from all this like (laughs) sorry this is cliche but a phoenix <laughs> oh, I see what that rises from did, the ashes. Did you have to do that? <laughs> Boom. A phoenix that rises from the ashes. She's one of the strongest characters. She's one of my favorites. I enjoy her. I respect her. She understands. I mean, Varys for what for his ending. Whatever. He knew what um, yeah. he knew what Daenerys was going to do. Yeah. Sansa understands what Daenerys was going to do. She didn't trust her. Yeah. Jon Snow's not that smart. Jon Snow's been my favorite character, my ride or die through the whole series. But for some reason, he didn't have the foresight to see that Daenerys I was just losing it. Love yeah. Jon, but he's dumb as hell. Like, yeah. He makes, he's the dumbest person. He's horrible strategy. Westeros. He is not his brother. Yeah. Um, it's a wonder how he made it through the Night's Watch. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, he didn't make it through, but whatever. He didn't make it through the Night's Watch, but he came back. Well, yeah, he had to be brought back uh, to life by life. the Red God. Um but yeah, um, that's that's interesting that Sansa was your your second. I op. I didn't feel this way before. I okay. despised her through like the first three or four seasons, but the last two seasons, her growth has been amazing. Yeah, and I I really respect where she's come. But at the same time, like I said, I hate Theon for the exact same things where he was kind of this weak person that um, took advantage of a bad situation at yeah. Winterfell and took advantage of the people there and. But also, like, kind of the same reasons. Like, he turned on his on his quote-unquote family, sure. um, the Starks, and really screwed over the whole entire city of Winterfell. Interesting. Okay, so let me, let me give you mine, my favorite character arc. And this is really interesting that we all pick different ones. Because I'm going to give mine, and then we can all collectively crap on Daenerys okay. afterwards. Because, okay. <laughs> but my, my choice, I'm only going to give one, and it's not Daenerys. It's Jaime Lannister. He had the most, for me, the most compelling character arc of all the of the main characters in this entire series, and I lived through seasons of him in like the freaking north, like just dirty, uh, getting his hand cut off, and lived through all that crap to finally not hate him. Yeah, and I sympathized with Jamie. I even came to root for him. I was a big shipper of him and uh, him and uh, Brienne. Brienne, yeah, I really wanted them to get 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 together. Then they do, and then he freaking goes off to find his sister. I was twenty minutes mad. I was like, it's it's literally as if the showrunners like were like, Jamie is this great redemption arc. Let's just throw it in the garbage. Oh wait, let's let's. Let's uh, negate all let's the. At least let him sleep he... with a knight first. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's let him bang one out with the the only female knight in all of Westeros. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, no, and they just like threw away all this history that I had spent freaking years. I can respect cultivating. That. I, I actually like that. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. the The moment that he and Brienne are talking in the pools. 
when they're yes. trying to heal in season three. And um, he tells Bran the story of exactly how he became Kingslayer. Yes. And it's like – and you finally start to see things through Jamie's eyes, right? Yeah. And he's so – he becomes such a compassionate character yeah. um, just in the fact that he's – what he says as he rides away from Brienne, Brienne that – uh, my sister's a hateful person, and so, so am I. I. It's complete crap. It's such yeah. a bullcrap line because he's not. The way that that character was set up by George R. R. Martin and the showrunners of Game of Thrones was he was not a bullcrap character. He was not a hateful character. No. He's actually he's a very kind, compassionate character. That because he 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 murdered a king sure. to save a kingdom, mm-hmm. and and like the whole the whole um, detail of like him and Brienne's swords like. They named Brienne's sword Oathkeeper, right? right? For Pete's mm-hmm. sake, and they were sister swords. Yeah, yeah. They're they're you know made from the one sword from Ned Stark, right? And uh, beautifully and poetically, those swords are the ones that defended the Starks in all the rest of the battles ever since they were forged, right? And to just throw it all away and have him run back to Cersei at the very end, like. I was sincerely hoping that he was going to stab Cersei in the chest, like, their whole time together. But yes. that didn't happen. It was, nope. They embraced each other and died. Well, and one thing, too, with um, Jamie is that his biggest redeeming um, part of his character was the way that he treated Tyrion. Because Tyrion was treated horribly yes. by his entire family. Tywin hated him. Yep. Cersei hated him. And we could get into why Cersei hated him. Because a lot of people in the books don't understand why Cersei... Hates him so much. Hates him so much. Yeah. The, or Sorry, a lot of people that watched the series didn't read the books. Don't understand that. But Jamie, the, the entire time, was always fair to Tyrion. Yeah. And so... And they gave them that moment in, in episode five, was right? was so yeah. good. It was a yeah. great moment. Yeah. And that That's one of the times that I had hope for that episode. Yeah. yeah. It was... Uh, seriously, it's like, if they're going to give me this, what else are they going to give me in the next 60 minutes? Yeah. Because, because um, like you said... Tyrion, you know, it was a it was a risky and stupid choice to like free Jaime in front of the Unsullied, but at that moment, it's like one stupid mistake that you could understand why he's making it. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, unlike all the rest of the mistakes right. that he made. Sorry, I cut you no, off. No, you're good. Yeah, no, um, no, I was just saying, like one of his one of my favorite qualities about Jaime though was his relationship with Tyrion, mm-hmm. especially with. I mean, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be uh, a dwarf, a little person. Back in, in, in Game of Thrones, yeah. you know, um, I'm not sure if that's the PC terms, but that's what they say in the show. <laughs> right. So I'm just going with that. Um, but yeah, I, I, Tyrion was just always such a, a character that I really liked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when um, anyone treated him fair, because he always he never got the benefit of the doubt from anyone yeah. throughout the whole series. And that's kind of why he was kind of a spiteful person kind of on the outside, but like. Underneath, you could see, like, even when he married Sa- Sansa, yeah, um, she thought that he was doing it just be- because he was like a dirty, perverted right. um, person. But like, he actually really cared for her and like respected her. And right. She yeah. didn't really get out of her other marriage. And she says like, "You were the best of all of exactly." Them. And so I love that she actually told him that mm-hmm. because I don't. He never felt that way. He right. always felt that he was a bad husband to her. And so by coming around and kind of saying, "You know what? I never gave you." A chance like it may not have worked out but she should have treated him better at least like i thought that was actually yeah. with sansa being my choice that was actually kind of nice and, and so let me finish with this before we move on to daenerys um the the fact that throughout even this most recent season that jamie was still on that like uh you know that arc of how he he felt he apologized to bran for pete's sake you know for pushing him out of window right. in season one like they continued with that that uh, trajectory for Jamie, uh, and then in the last two episodes, they just crap all over it. And I think Daenerys is the other character where they continued in this arc where she was still kind of a good person mm-hmm. before they totally crapped on that. Also, yeah. Um, so let's talk about Daenerys. What are your guys' thoughts on uh, her character? So I don't have a problem with her turning heel. I have a problem with how fast it happened. Yes. It was like Thanos came in with the Infinity Gauntlet, snapped his fingers, and she went mad. Yeah. Um, I, She basically went from um, being this... Throughout the whole series, she's built up as this person who's 
willing to she's the breaker of chains. Break the wheel. Yeah, yeah. Like she's willing to break the wheel and she doesn't want to be like her her father. Uh-huh. She doesn't want to be like her brother. She wants to be um like uh was it Rhaegar or Aegon? Aegon. Aegon. She wanted to be like Aegon. The Conqueror. Um was, was that her her brother was Rhaegar. Rhaegar. Okay, sorry. I with all oh, the Oh sorry, I thought you meant she wanted to be gay. No, she wanted to be like okay. Rhaegar. Um because he was respected and he was actually like a good person. Uh-huh. Um she didn't want to be like her dad though. Right. She didn't want to be like uh what's her brother's name? I'm totally Rhaegar. No, 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 the other brother. Oh, Viserys. Viserys. That's right. Nate, thank you. I don't <laughs> this know is why you brought me on the yeah. podcast, <laughs> just to drop some um, names. Well, I, I was going to start calling him Varys, and like, her brother is not a eunuch, okay? Um, we got to give him more respect than that. Maybe not. But anyway, um, she always wanted to be like a fair ruler, and she yep. was throughout her character arc. She was fair to the women that were um, with the Dothraki. She made sure that they didn't, when they were pillaging, that they weren't mistreating their prisoners, that they were actually, um, that they were healed from their wounds, that they were fed, and that they were given an opportunity to join the Dothraki company. And then when she went through the free cities with Marine and working her way through there, she was constantly freeing slaves. Now, it was to partially build up her army and her following, but she was always fair. And she was also heavy-handed when she needed to be. Yeah. With the slave traders, she was threatening, and she understood like what she had to do, but at never at any point did she threaten innocent people or harm innocent people. Uh-huh. And so all of a sudden, when this happens, after this huge triumphant battle um, where her army, yeah, is destroyed. They, um, they win. Like, but they over. win. And yeah. then all of a sudden, she just snaps just because Miss Sandy dies, and... I don't know. It was just too fast. I don't have a problem with her turning heel, but there was no development, no time given for us to get used to her being the villain. Yeah. I think one of the worst parts, too, is that there was it was so clear that they were evening the playing field with, like, killing the, the dragons. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, the whole Dothraki army dies. And, like, it's just... They were just trying to level her down, and then finally when they do level her down, that's when she breaks bad. Like, I don't – it just didn't make storytelling sense to me. Along your same lines, I think it was season one, Jorah um, turns to Daenerys as she's – I think it was was when she was saving the the Dothraki women – sorry, the women from the Dothraki horde and says something to the effect, you have a good heart. Right, and I think they quoted that at the beginning of the episode in the, uh, you know, before this on Game of Thrones, right? Uh-huh. And they do, they take these setups like that, things that things that they've set up to make you think, okay, she is different, mm-hmm. and they just completely crap on it yeah. in in one moment. And, and then the the description the the showrunners gave afterwards, Dan and Dave. Um, in the behind-the-scenes look, okay. was um, well, she sees the red keep and then she just snaps. She just snaps no in reason. one moment. I'm like, Jeez. you, you gave us nothing yeah. to said that she was going to snap before. Yeah. You told yeah. us all along she's a good person. She she has a heavy hand when she needs it, but otherwise she d- wants to take King's Landing without destroying King's Landing. Mm-hmm. And because she sees a castle, right? She's going to snap. Yeah, I call complete. Bullish. <laughs> I, I agree. Bullish. You can take your opinion and your show writing and shove it where it doesn't shine. This is really what happened. They're like sick of producing Game of Thrones. They already spent all the money on the uh, episode three and episode five budget. And they're like, nah, screw it. Let's just uh, burn it all now. So, by the way, w- as we were coming up here, Zach said, we're going to make you cuss on this podcast, Nate. <laughs> we're going to totally make you cuss. You almost did it. Well, I, you almost, almost got did. me right there. I want to throw I, up an I almost... tag, and then when we get a message from HR, like an email from HR, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it was Nate. I yeah, almost, so it's cool. I, I, almost, <laughs> I almost said something besides ish, okay? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. That's what we have. We don't do this live for how, a reason. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> we don't do this live for a reason. But... Um, yeah, I just – I i don't understand what they were thinking. I felt like season eight um, – and I gave this example to Nate yesterday. 
season eight should have been split into two seasons, both yes. longer than what Absolutely. they are. Absolutely. Yes. Longer than six episodes. I get that they lengthen the time of the episodes, but it's still not enough time to develop. I still think they could have kept this length and made another season yeah. out of it. So and... you look at some of these shows that um, that have ended very well on a, on a positive note. Okay. The two that come to mind are The Sopranos and Breaking Bad. Okay. Breaking Bad split up its season, its final season, over two periods. Yeah. That way, if they need to, they can do a time jump or they can do a time shift, something to that effect, which I believe they did with uh, Breaking Bad. Um, the Sopranos, the other show, they didn't do as much of a time jump, but they did um, spread out the final season over two seasons. Yeah. So it's called season six, but it's really season six and seven. And it's like 20 episodes. Okay. And it tied up everything nicely. Um, if you've seen The Godfather, it's basically like that final five minutes of The Godfather where Michael orders the hits on everyone while like his son yeah. is... Uh, uh, his godson is being baptized. His godson's being baptized. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all those hits are going out. That's like what the final season of The Sopranos is. And it's built up to all this with all this tension boiling underneath yeah. and all these important key players sure. that you have been following for eight years getting picked off and dying. Yeah. It's the exact same. It, that's how Game of Thrones should have been. Right. Because I mean, that's a good example for yeah. that and Breaking Bad because it is the character arc where the good guy, the meek guy, the... Uh... Tony Soprano was never a good guy. Oh, though. sorry. I thought you were talking about, uh, like, Godfather. Um, the Like, that and Breaking Bad, the the, the meek person eventually yeah. goes evil. And that's, yeah. that's exactly what they we have here that they should have done. I think you're absolutely right. But they gave it time to develop in those shows. I mean, they, yeah. they gave it time. You shut. You saw how Michael in The Godfather ended up turning back to what he knew, yeah. to what his family's life was. His he goes to Italy. He's in hiding. He's try a. He's trying to step in and, and defend his family. Yeah. So he goes and he kills Salozzo. Then he has his wife taken out. Yeah. When he's living in Italy. That causes him and to say, Sonny you know what? Gets and then Sonny the gets murdered, and yeah. he's like, "Screw it! I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the Dawn. Yeah, I'm the man now. I can't speak to Breaking Bad. I never saw Breaking Bad. I can't speak to Sopranos. I never saw Sopranos. We're tying you down. We're watching yeah. all of those. Shows. Yes, <laughs> sorry. We'll, we'll hand feed you. You, yeah. you guys, you guys may have more time than me. Um, <laughs> That's true. But. but they they took the time to develop these characters to to really and I, this is what I told um, I, I think I told both of you over two days. Character development is so important; it's the main crux of how you develop fans in a series yes. or in books or really any type of media. Is you develop certain characters that people can can get behind, can yeah. can associate with, and they just took the character development from seven seasons and just yeah, all over it. Exactly. Uh, it's it's just. And like you said, you know, I mean, I like I mentioned earlier, like I've been watching it since like season two, you know, and I was freaking invested in these people. You right. Know? I was invested yes. in these characters. And that's why it took me like a week almost to like get over this last episode because they took such a hard, hard dump on my like my fandom and, and we've been talking about it for about like half an hour so apparently we're not all the way over yeah yet. yeah it's gonna take some getting used to. oh i i don't know that it's gonna take me a while to get over this um i mean my so my mother-in-law is a huge game of thrones fan oh wow she's a, a huge daenerys fan in particular and i haven't had a chance to sit down and talk with her about like what she thought about the episode mm -hmm. but <clears throat> we got her a shirt that said mother of dragons for mother's day <clears throat> Previously, that means something about, you know, a strong, independent woman who uh, is Defies fair, level-handed, yeah. um, treats others with respect. Now, it just means that she's a crazy <laughs> she's lady that is, for lack of a better, well, I'm not going to say the other word that yeah. is coming to mind, but she's crazy and, uh, yeah, is on the cusp of genocide and at the snap of a finger uh, is willing to just murder innocents. And yeah. so... Um, apparently that's how I feel about my mother-in-law <laughs> after Sunday. How about... She knows uh, I don't really feel that way about her, but I feel that I just completely crapped on her. Like, <laughs> they crapped on Daenerys. But that's just a shirt, right? How yeah. about the, uh, the list of baby names came out last year? Um, oh, like don't the most tell popular me that Daenerys was... Not, well, Daenerys was on there. Yara. The most, the most popular was Khaleesi. Oh, Yara is oh. actually the most popular this year for 2018. For 2019? Or 2018. 2018. 2017 was Khaleesi. Okay, that's what Yara it is. Yara is the most popular for 2018, though. 
And she's not which even is in she's the not even she, the thing that's funny. She's not once. a real character in the books. Her oh. name's Asha. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. They changed her name in the show because there was Asha, who was the oh yeah the, the wildling, and they don't want to confuse them. But gotcha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyways, could be worse. You could be named Daenerys and be a <laughs> one-year-old baby or Khaleesi. Yeah. Or Khaleesi. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, gentlemen, if you mind, uh, just for my own peace of mind, because at this point my mind is spinning with Game of Thrones, <laughs> uh, predictions for the, uh, last for the final episode? episode? Do you do you want to start predictions? us off? Uh, no, I would okay. like the, I would like the two of you to start me off. Okay, okay yes, boss. Go first? Um, I'll go first. <laughs> yes, okay, you're boss. First. Uh, hey, this is our domain, but if you're going to take over, <laughs> we're going to call you boss. Okay, that's very Khaleesi. Leaders lead, Zach. Leaders lead. <laughs> it's very Daenerys of you. Um. So here's my personal opinion. Um, I think people are probably expecting at this point, hey, you know what? Jon Snow is going to realize he has to end up on the Iron Throne. Jon Snow is going to want nothing to do with this now. He's going to murder Daenerys. He's gonna, he's gonna, it's going to have to be him. Um, he's going to end up going north, I think, after that. And he's just going to go and live with the wildlings north of the wall. Join Ghost. Yeah, he's going to rejoin Ghost. Um, Good boy. Good boy. He'll actually boy. pet him, and that's maybe that's why we didn't get that finale because it was a see They're you gonna... later, not a goodbye. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I think, I I think Sansa's going to end up on the Iron Throne. I think th- with everything that she's been through, her character arc, everything, I think she'd be a fair ruler. She'd understand like what's best for the people. She's also seen firsthand how to not lead. Right. From a very close perspective. Lots of um, times. The actually. only other person that I think could have that same. Um, fairness that's like actually like a mortal normal person is Tyrion mm. and then of course there's Bran who just like is like an extraterrestrial like sentinel like not even on the same level as like a mortal human so I don't know yeah. that he necessarily would end up on the throne Um, but yeah I, 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 I it's between one of those three I think is the one that ends up on the throne Daenerys is gonna get killed by Jon Snow um and everyone's just going to kind of go off on their way. And it's just they're going to try and rebuild from the ashes that Westeros has been left in because it's just it's been decimated over the last. I, I don't know how long it's been in show years, but eight or nine years. Hmm. So that that's my prediction. OK, um, what I think is going to happen is Daenerys is going to take her dragon. They're going to fly straight up into the air. And then the dragon is going to take a massive dump all over Westeros. <laughs> In reference to the massive dump that both the showrunners have taken on this on this show. And okay. That's that's how it's gonna Actually, end. Actually, the only other way that they could make this worse is if they start politicizing things. Oh <laughs> so let's say she goes yeah. and takes the dragon and just blows a giant hole in the ozone layer <laughs> and then everyone in Westeros dies from uh, global from... warming. <laughs> That's the only other way that they could make this worse. And then Ghost is going to be on a mountain and a single tear <laughs> rolls off his wolf face. Uh, dude, I, I don't know. I don't even. I mean, uh, I think Sansa is positioned to take the throne. I'm guessing Tyrion dies in some heroic oh, way. I hope not. I really hope um, not. I don't know. That's. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> the two people that at this point I really don't have a read on wh- how their story arc is going to end are Arya and Bran. Yeah. Because I, well, I don't know. So Arya could always go back to the Riverlands or wherever Gendry was made lord of whatever. Stormlands. Meh. Meh. Stormlands. Meh. Meh. She's not about that life. I mean, no, she's not about that, that saw, wife life. She's got that white horse now and she's like, ah, this is like. My did someone? Did you Game see all the memes minivan? that people were like, "Brand sent an Uber," <laughs> <laughs> and so like people are like speculating <laughs> that it was Brand, like who sent the horse. I thought when they first sent it oh. that maybe um, I tried to find for sure what kind of horse that Ned rode oh. in season one. I thought that it might have been Ned's horse from season one. There are scenes of him riding a white horse, but I wasn't able to confirm that. That was just my. When I watched it, I was like, this, like, just the way that she's looking at it, it's either, like, symbolizing hope or something. But she also did ride a white horse in, so maybe it was that same horse that she rode in. My hope was that it was Ned's horse, and it was kind of, like, a symbolic thing, you know, giving her hope that it all is not lost yet. Yeah. That's true. Who knows what's going to happen with Bran? 
He doesn't even know what he wants. I don't want anymore. Like, <laughs> so stupid. Do you think he eats? No, he just like, I don't know. Do you what think he's like a tree and just like absorbs roots into the ground and absorbs he nutrients? Photosynthesizes. Photosynthesis. And he rolls his eyes back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea what's I'm going to go now. This is awkward. <laughs> like, do you think we're ever gonna, even going to find out like where he went? See, that's the other See, most disappointing thing is like he's so powerful and like there's he's so mysterious. But we know nothing about yeah, him. Yeah, we want to know what he's been doing this whole time. He yeah. two wars just tripping balls in his chair. <laughs> uh, so hopefully, I don't know. How long is this episode? Does it say how long this last episode is? It didn't be? say. The teaser trailer was only 20 seconds. Right. Uh, I mean, if I it's, heard it was like an hour and a half. I hope really? so. Okay. Because, I mean, the longest episode so far was, what, 83 minutes? 82 yeah. minutes? So if it's so like if 90, it's 90 plus minutes, minutes, I wouldn't be surprised. Out, that would be nice. Because then hopefully they would give us some closure on Bran's arc and Arya's arc. As well as whatever happens to everybody else. Yeah. But we know for a fact Daenerys is going to die. I think that's a given. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens in, on, on Sunday. Do you um, want to give a prediction? My prediction is that um, – I'll, I'll do this quick. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to do it chronologically here. Um, John kills t- uh, John kills Daenerys. Okay. Uh, the dragon eats John. Whoa. Um, Tyrion dies. Maybe okay. So let me let me start at the beginning. Um, Daenerys kills Tyrion with the dragon. John kills Daenerys. The dragon eats John. The dragon takes <laughs> off. Bran ends up on the Iron Throne, and Sansa remains in the North as Wardeness of the North. And the and the line that Ramsay Bolton gave us in season three of "If you think this has a happy ending, you have not been paying attention" wow. rings true yes. for all of us at the end of Sunday night. Wow! Oh. Awesome. Thank you. I love it. Thank love you. It. That's awesome. I love the reference to Ramsey Bolton in season three. That is fantastic. You're welcome. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I like it. I think there's enough said. If we could, we should drop these mics. Fun. Let's not, because I think this is <laughs> I think a very expensive, expensive Please studio. Please don't. <laughs> the but, boss uh, says no. It was great. Thank, we like to thank our boss, uh, Nate Dowdle. Thank you for being Nate, on Nate, we'll show. have you on again. Um, maybe more of a get to know you this time rather than jumping into... Well, you know we're going to have to do this next week to just to, like, digest the finale. Yes. So So, I'll be back. back. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. I am Hemi Jr. He is Zachary Hicken. Good night.